Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by uh, Pastor Jared Link. Uh, Jared, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Grayson. Thanks for having me in. It's good to have you, and Jared's been on a few times on Front Porch Talks before, but today is a special day, and Jared is here to talk to us about it. Earlier today, our East Rock campus uh, for the Nazarene Church launched and had their first official service, and so Jared's here to share some of the mission and vision behind our church planting a campus in East Rockingham in Elkton. Jared, maybe you want to start out. I know uh, you weren't initially the one that had the mission and vision um, to plant the East Rock campus, but if you want to start out, maybe telling us how you got involved in all this. Uh, sure. Uh, so our mission as a church is that we are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. And uh, the East Rock campus is one of many ways uh, that we are living out that mission in our context and our time. Uh, that's one way we see the kingdom of God advancing uh, in our lives. Uh, we read the stories of how the church grew and how the apostles traveled about and, and saw the kingdom expand. And sometimes it's easy to read that and think that that was then and that we're just in this now tension of waiting for the consummation of God's kingdom, but the reality is that the kingdom is here and now, and we get to be a part of it. And so that's what's really taking shape at the East Rock campus, and as well as the Harrisonburg campus, and within Esperanza Viva. And so it's just, uh, it's a great time. I mean, it's been a lot of challenges, but God has called us for such a time as this. I think, to get back to your question of how, how did I get involved with this, it's got to be God, right? Right. Uh, I'm from the other side of the county, and so my runnings around of Elkton in that area was purely based around the river and fishing, and that was the extent of my knowledge of that area. And our leadership here, Pastor Adrian and others, just had a, a call, a vision to see an extension of our campus east. Uh, Pastor Terry Wyant-Vargo has had a life group within that community for many years, uh, and they have really been sowing seeds for upwards of 10 years within that community, just seeds of hope, seeds of compassionate ministry. Uh, and really the campus that, we're, that we've launched is the fruit of those seeds that was planted then from a life group. And that could be a whole nother Front Porch Talks episode. And, uh, but that was really uh, the seedbed of that. Uh, Pastor Terry uh, continued to build relationships within the community, within the town government. And so they've been in partnership for years ahead of this. And so that vision, that seed was there planted and growing and God was moving. And uh, just as I've been studying through the course of studies through the Church of the Nazarene, and I've been on staff at the church for a number of years and just knew that God had called me to full-time ministry, though I didn't know what that looked like. And so our paths convened uh, at the East Rock campus. And so it's only God. I can't explain how a retired electrician from the other side of the county made it to be pastor at a satellite <laughs> campus in Elkton, um, other than God's got to do it, and he has. So it's been an interesting and amazing story of just how he has transitioned my heart and even my wife's heart uh, in this season because we didn't have, I mean, you don't just sit around and wake up one day and think, I'm going to move across the county and start a church like that. I guess that can happen, uh, but that was not our story. Uh, I'm pretty hard-headed and slow, and so it took 
a while for that vision to take root and to take shape in my heart. But God had given me a hunger and a desire to learn. Uh, and Strength Finders input is one of my strengths. So just I enjoy gathering information. Sometimes it has a purpose. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but God gave me a hunger for church planting and seeing that process of just understanding. And we know the church is people, uh, but as we gather on Sundays at the culmination, the celebration of the kingdom of God that's been going on all week. Uh, what does that look like? What are some of the techniques and practices and things to do? And God gave me that hunger. And so I found myself listening to a lot of podcasts and things like that, that kind of fueled that. Uh, and then God brought it together that he had put that desire uh, unbeknownst to me in my heart of where it was going to be lived out. Uh, but it turned out it was lived out just 30 minutes down the road. And so it's got to be God, Grayson. That's it. It's amazing. I'm sitting here listening to you today, and I'm thinking back over the years, and I'm thinking about how your life intervened with some church planters along the way that I think have been pretty influential. Aaron Golden, for one, um, and Newburn, and um, others along the way. And it's just amazing how God just kind of brings together this tapestry. He weaves us together with others that can kind of fuel that and speak into our lives. So that's been really cool just to think about that and how that's worked in your life too. Uh, One thing before we get too far away from the uh, talking about church planting, talk to us a little bit about what is the difference between planting a church and planting a campus? I think there is, sometimes it can be a little muddied. I think we can make it really clear. Yeah. Um, So I would love for you just to speak into that. So that's a great question and it deserves a lot of clarification because a lot of the terminology is used, a church plant or a church campus or a satellite are, are even mm-hmm. words that you'll hear come out of my mouth at any given time. Right. Um, and so we are, and this is where we start to tease out the difference. Uh, what we are doing at East Rock and as the Church of the Nazarene, uh, we are one church now in multiple locations. Right. Um, so we say that we have three campuses in that we have our campus here in Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. Uh, we have our campus, uh, Esperanza Viva, which is our third service brothers and sisters. Uh, so that is a second campus of our church. And then now we have launched our third campus in Elkton at uh, 414 South East Side Highway. So we are collectively one church. And so what we have planted in East Rock is a satellite of our church or a campus uh, where, as you might hear, a church plant would be someone that would have uh, a vision or a call of God to uh, maybe sometimes parachute in. You mentioned Aaron Golden. Uh, He was a parachute drop into a new community, and they built that uh, along the Lord's leading and provision uh, from a meeting in a house, and now they're a, a very successful congregation there in their community. But that was kind of... They dropped in and then had to start it uh, from scratch. They had their own leadership. And that's kind of the difference between church plant and a campus is that we have the extreme blessing of some amazing leaders here at Harrisonburg. And so we get to share in that. We get to have shared resources between our leadership here and our different campuses about the community. Uh, It allows us, uh, from being a campus pastor's perspective, there's a lot of things that I don't have to spend so much time doing. We have a wonderful finance team here. We have a wonderful children's ministry leading here. Um, So our 
like children's ministry director, she gets to spend more time investing in the children of the community uh, because we get to share the resources with uh, Pastor Julie from here. And so that just teases out in all different areas of ministry to where we get to share and what God has been doing over the years in Harrisonburg. We get to take that other places. So it's a great opportunity and it's not limited to only being, you know, we haven't capped out. Three is not the limit. Uh, there right. are church models where you continue to plant campuses right. and use shared resources right. to expand geographically your influence. Yeah. Right. You know, under Pastor Carey's leadership, we planted four churches. Mm-hmm. And so some folks listening who have been a part of our church might take this and hear, you know, we've been hearing the language difference, but sometimes I think it's good just to stop, take a moment and clarify the difference of planting a church versus having another campus of the church. So thank you. You did a great job of clarifying um, the difference between planting a church and planting a campus. And it's just, it's so powerful because um, someone said to me one day, you know, I just hate to be leaving this church and I'm like you're not you're yeah. multiplying right. it like yeah. this is amazing yeah. this is not a split this no. is multiplication right. yeah. <laughs> there's not division this is what unity looks right. like yeah and so yeah I'm just so excited about it and just grateful that I get to be a part and to see what God is doing and so I remember on vision night we had a vision night here at the church, and we rolled it out, and man, it rolled right into a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it was it's just, that's the way it was. We were surprised right. God was not. Yep. Right. And so, you know, we could have said, you could have said, the leadership could have said, hey, this is too tough. Maybe it was the pizza, you know? Um, <laughs> was it God speaking? Uh, it was the pizza. And so we went with it was God speaking and have just moved on through a pandemic. And so, you know, we're here today to talk about hope. That's the one thing we have going in this world. It's one of the great things that we have going is our hope in Christ and the opportunity to share that in a world that is broken. And so maybe talk a little bit about how have you seen God showing up in ways that would give those of us listening today hope that he is still at work, that within getting within this place of planting a campus, obviously there's many relationships. There's the tapestry of folks that come together. Can you share with us a little bit about maybe even challenging times, how God is um, just proving himself in these days? Yeah. Um, We did not have to question very long whether we were supposed to keep going or not. Mm. I think God knew that we were creatures who need hope. (laughs) Right. It was clear that he had called. Uh, we mentioned Pastor Terry and her life group. I mean, it was clear that God had been moving in this direction for some time. Though we were surprised by the pandemic, we have to pull back and look at God's sovereignty and his foreknowledge and go, this was not a mistake. We don't understand it, but we can find hope in the fact that God is sovereign. He knew exactly 10 years ago when that life group started, he knew exactly the year and the chaos that we would be in and the chaos that the world is in, we had to very quickly early on just reside to recline in that knowledge of God that he's got us. Yeah. It's almost oversimplistic, but you to find yourself, we have that hope because we're in the dead center of God's will. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we were out going rogue and asking God to bless something. We were just 
the leadership and the church and the people were just responding to the Lord's leading. And I think that's so important that uh, it's a, it's an important distinguishment to follow God's call, what He is doing. That's where, as we're engaging, that we're building, we're growing stronger, and His Spirit is becoming alive and clearer and clearer in our hearts and our minds as we focus towards that call. You mentioned that vision night took place, and then it was only couple weeks until we stopped meeting uh, early on in that pandemic season it seems like so long ago an eternity in a moment right. all in one about this time last year rather return but yeah but I mean, we didn't make it but a couple weeks and so you know a, a move like this a lift like this it takes finances in our world in our context and so you know part of that is God you know, Lord, you, you've called, you're going to have to provide. We're at a point where we don't get, we're not gathering like we used to. And uh, he did. Through the sacrificial giving of his people, it was immediately clear that finances were not a problem for God. And people responded so lavishly and generously that it, it was just so humbling. You, you just, you get the feeling, you, you know, it's not a feeling, you know that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, bigger than what you can tangibly see. So, we went through that. I mean, we studied a lot of curriculums, none of which prepared for a pandemic. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of the curriculum we studied, which was wonderful, and I would recommend it to anyone, was focused around large events. Well, we, a year later, still can't have large events, but yet uh, we had to adapt and kind of overcome. But we, there was a distinct, uh, as we began to work so in, through this process, we really started to try to gain interest and gain a feel of who God was calling from our own campus, from the Harrisonburg campus, who he was already calling to serve East. And so a lot of our initial efforts were in that direction. And then we started having small events that were COVID compliant. And as then it is now, the regulations are constantly shifting. But it made us pray. It made us not recline on a plan of man, but to have to fully seek Lord we're out of control here. <laughs> what do you want us to do? Um, so as we had events and moved in the community, there was a very distinct point there in the process where I could kind of identify where we had heard from most everyone within the Harrisonburg campus, and we saw that group of people were just praising God for how he had called and moved, and we saw that transition shift to we started gaining influence within the community. And that was a point really for, that was another mile marker for me in this process of going, you know, we're we're not gathering as a body of believers necessarily in, in our previous context, but yet we are still moving and making an impact in a community that we have not ever had a worship service in. Right. And so there was just signposts along the way that God's saying, I'm moving, I'm moving, mm-hmm. we're keep going, I'm moving. Yeah. And that was, you know, we're fickle creatures uh, at times. And, and that was really encouraging, I know, to my heart and to the heart of our team. Uh, as we trained and prepared and are still training and still preparing. Right. Some of those moments, some of the challenges, I mean, COVID has demanded that it takes a lot more square footage to have the same number of people. So mm-hmm. you hear a church plant or a church satellite and you think, okay, you know, we can fit in a pretty small room and get started. And it's like, wow, no, we can't anymore. But again, God moved and provided a facility. I, I mentioned our, our address is 414 Southeast Side Highway there in Elkton. That is the Elkton Volunteer Fire Company's Activity Center. It is an amazing facility. Their former vision is that that was a bingo hall. That was one of their primary fundraising adventures, and they enjoyed it. It was a great uh, benefit for the fire company and for the community. Uh, But again, they found themselves, as we all did in a year of change, 
Uh, and God just brought our stories together that uh, the president of the organization has said, he said, you know, this is a good merger of two organizations. He said, we're out to save lives and y'all are out to save souls. Amen. Um, that's amazing. And so that's just, that's another, I mean, we could do this for an hour and a half of God mm-hmm. moments uh, along the way, but that's the hope is that when God has called, he is providing, he's given us strength. Is it easy in a cakewalk? Not yet. Do you want to just curl up in a corner and cry some days? Yeah. <laughs> but God still calls. He still moves and gives us the strength we need for the day. Uh, it forces, it helps. I mean, I, this would be my story. I don't want to project this, but it forces me to recenter on God um, because you, you might have the skills or some knowledge that you could piece together something of your own, but there's... I, it was a distinct awareness that that's not what God's calling for in this season. So it's seeking seeking Him, having the hope that He knows and He will provide, and, and pressing in to, to what He's doing. And so, yeah. You know, just as you were talking, I was reminded of God and His faithfulness to the Israelites, and that there was always either the pillar of fire or the pillar of a cloud. You know, there's always this thing ahead of them for them to know which way to go. And it sounds to me like, He's continuing that work. It might not show up visibly as fire or cloud, but he is guiding this. He is leading this. He is showing the next steps. And it's work. It's work to stay in that place of following him and not following some of your own thoughts and want to crawl up in a corner, right? Um, but he is faithful. If we seek him, um, he will be found by us. Um, he declares Amen. that. So uh, thank you for just leaning into that. And it's so far beyond even what we're doing as a church. It's This is for lost people. This is, this is to populate the kingdom of heaven. Um, this is to give hope to people that in these days may not have hope. And so how has that, I know that God is already at work at in those ways as well, in the community, do you have maybe something you can speak to that of just how he's using this already um, and has over the past months? We know it's been happening for 10 years. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, it's happening for 10 years and it just keeps growing. You know, I, I think that we're seeing redemption happen. There's relationships being restored. Uh, there's uh, a renewed sense of passion for God and and people wanting to, people recognizing that they need to draw closer to God. And I don't know specifically what it is about a community or someone seeing God moving, but it, He is drawing us. His provenient grace is drawing. Um, and I've prayed that a lot, that the Lord's provenient grace would go before and would draw people to Himself. Not to an organization, not to a club, but to Himself. We have a, a passion to minister to the community, to show uh, the people. And this is the, the call of every church, right. is that right. we are to show the community compassion and love right. and loyalty and to care. Mm. And so we've seen that. And I, I don't want to get into too many right. personal stories, right. but um, but we have seen God moving. And we had the blessing, the, the joy of we had two people want to be baptized before months before we had a campus established. And again, those signposts you see along the way that it's not just about a building. It's not just about where are we going to be, how are we going to park. It's about God's kingdom moving and advancing and that healing and redemption being almost magnetic to people. And that's grace. And so it's so much more than what we can normally see with our eyes. And I think, you know, 
we talk about this in mission work that it's not just that we're going there to bless others, but that we will see God in it ourselves and we'll re maybe receive a greater blessing. And so I'm just, I'm sure that as this core group and these folks that have come around, um, the leadership here, I'm sure that there is redemption and restoration and blessing even among those that have said yes out Absolutely. of obedience right. to God. Absolutely. Right. Um, you cannot, uh, obedience to God's call is, there's so much work in that that happens in our own lives um, as we step forward. So um, thank you for leading that charge um, and having a heart for a, a community that is, you know, a little ways down the road from where um, you live. But that's nothing a new house can, or a new house search can't fix, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's God has called some amazing people uh, to be a part of this effort. And it's been so great to see leaders step up for children's ministry, for outreach, for discipleship, for shepherding, uh, and even the amount of volunteers that came and gave leadership to renovating this facility. That is God at work in individual lives. And, yeah. and you mentioned this a lot of times. It's easy for us to get, when we think about the call of God, to think that it's just for special people or certain right. people. Right. And it's really for whoever's in relationship with him. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And it's easy if you're a doer, if you'd right. like to get things done, it's easy to hear that call of God and just start doing it. And that was part of my story of how this process has shaped me. Mm is that I was so focused on praying as I was trying to really flesh that out, Grace, and you asked, how did right. you get into, one of you asked, how, do you, how did you get into this, or what was that like? And part of that tipping point for me was praying through it. I, my prayer was, God, what do you want me to do? And I very clearly heard the Lord say, it's not about what I want you to do, it's about who I want you to become. That's good. And so that, from a doer's perspective, I needed to stop worrying about so much about what to do and trust Him with that. Right and just allow that heart transformation to happen right. as we've yeah. gone along this process. And I believe if we went back a little ways, um, maybe even a couple of years, God had laid this ideal on your heart before. Like it wasn't like Pastor Adrian come to you and said, hey, this thing called planning a campus, <laughs> um, that wasn't necessarily a like, oh, I've never heard of that before. You had, I mean, this call has been on your heart for a while. We've had conversations for a few years. I just know what that could look like. And, it's amazing how we might look at it and we might have maybe because of our own context, uh, we may have a certain place we think that might be. But the fact is God opens up our mind and begins to show us the community that we live in. He begins to open up our mind to this thing. In this case happens to be uh, planning a campus. And you begin to lean into that and then it merges and that is just amazing to sit back and to watch that journey and to lean in and say you know what it might not be exactly what and it was in my mind but it's exactly where god is calling us as a church Amen. and god uses that like and i say that today to someone who may feel like they have a call on their life and maybe it doesn't look exactly like they think it should look the fact is, God is going to take care of all those details as we give him our yes, and we lean into him and trust him with our life. So what would you have to say today um, to someone, maybe who is, maybe it's a pastor listening today that has maybe thought about this and has just not stepped out, or someone who feels like they have a call on their life, but they just haven't made that step. What would you say to them? 
and at the, at the risk of sounding too simplistic, follow God's leading. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we know before we want to admit it. Because a lot of times that admission, admitting that we know what God is calling us to means that we're admitting or we're surrendering something that we've been holding on to. And I don't want to project that to everybody, but I right. think that's a I think that's a common thing is that we're a little timid or even scared of what that yes means. It might look a little different. It might feel a little different. But if God's leading, just follow. Uh, if God's not leading, pray harder. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Because we don't want to go anywhere God's not leading. If you're wrestling, uh, God will always prove faithful. Uh, We will always know his leading. And sometimes it may look like taking a prayer retreat. If busyness of life is crowding your ears and you can't think, maybe it's time to schedule that day away or two days away to just recenter. I mean, there's a lot of noise in the world right now. and, And if God wants to communicate with you, he hung the stars in the sky. Right. He'll tell you. Right. And, and just lean in. God is faithful. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to, he'll check that yes on you a couple times. You're going to have right. to to commit to that uh, through the long haul, but he is faithful. Right. And Jared, as you've been talking, some of the things that have really stuck out to me when you said, you know, just follow him, I hear trust. Like, we don't have to see years or even months down the road, just each day at a time, just following him. And as you were talking about knowing as far as serving, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Like if we're willing, then he will prepare us. He will do the things to help us yep. provide in those areas. Indeed he does. And that was, as, as you started that, I was just happened to think, you know, sometimes we say yes and nothing happens. Right. Don't resent that time. That it's wait, yeah. wait. Yeah. because that that's hard and it stinks <laughs> because sometimes, you know, we'll finally get led up to this point of admitting that God is calling and we'll surrender. And we think the next day we're going to be like on a plane to go do something. Right. Don't resent that time where it feels like nothing's happening, whether that be nothing happening in your world, whether it's your job or your, where you're living or, you know, any external factor. Um, or maybe you don't feel any different the next day when you woke up. Don't resent that span. Uh, stay faithful. Renew your yes. God heard your yes, and he's using your yes. We just might not see how yet. Right. And so don't resent that waiting. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, that's challenging because yeah. that sometimes that waiting is hard. Yeah, I'm just reminded of David, anointed as a little boy, young boy, and he was anointed king over Israel. And he went back to tending sheep. Right. Yep. And he waited, and that proved to be the right thing to do. There's refinement in the waiting. Right. Yeah, right. refinement in the so waiting. Right. Yeah. God is in the waiting, for sure. Amen. And uh, as you were talking about where you guys are located at the auxiliary building mm-hmm. for the volunteer uh, Elkton Fire Department, I was thinking about, and Pastor Margaret mentioned earlier when we were talking about the difference in a church plant and a satellite campus plant or a campus plant, how uh, one of those churches that our church planted started out in a firehouse. And if I'm not mistaken, the Harrisonburg campus early on started out in a firehouse. So it, <laughs> There's something happening there, at least for our story. Yeah. Uh, so, Grace, I'd love to just give a plug to, to a listener that would, that would want to come and check right. it out. We're yeah. at, again, 414 Southeast Side Highway. That's Elkton, Virginia, 22827. 
Listen, I know that, Lynn. I don't even live there. I know. <laughs> uh, no. uh, but it is uh, a building just outside of Elkton. It's within the town limits. Uh, but we are running two services, 9 and 1030. Uh, and we are broadcasting on the FM band uh, for anyone that would uh, not be, feel comfortable right. quite yet to come inside. We'd still love to greet you and uh, from a safe distance. Right. Uh, but we can tune in from the parking lot as well. So 9 and 1030. Right. Uh, 414 Southeast Side Highway, you'll see the signs. If anybody had any questions about the East Rock Campus, what would be the best way for them to either get in contact with you or Pastor Terry? Or uh, So just go through the, the contact form on our website. Okay. Uh, if you go uh, cotnas.org slash East Rock, uh, that will give you uh, the best guidance for getting a hold of us. Awesome. Well, Jared, thank you for joining us today on Front Porch Talks and uh for sharing uh, God's vision in the eastern part of our county with the East Rock campus plant and just any ways in closing that people can be praying for the East Rock campus. Pray for the people. Pray for the people. You know, we have all experienced a lot of challenges this year and hate to keep beating that drum, but it's, it's the reality that we're living in, that it is a hard time. So pray for the people. Uh, and that's for all of our campuses, right. uh, that God's provenient grace would just draw, would be so magnetic right. uh, that people would find hope and healing and salvation and forgiveness in Christ mm-hmm. right. um, at any campus. Right. Uh, but right. Yeah, specifically as you're praying right. there for that community, right. um, that we would live our mission of being transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. Well, Jared, thank you for joining us today on Front Porch Talks. It's been good to have you. My pleasure, Grayson. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that as you've heard Jared Link share about uh, the East Rock Campus, uh, Church of the Nazarene in Elkton, uh, that it has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.